It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Here comes the Canucks moving in. A quick shot there by Garland is a kind of an arm save, glove hand save by Blackwood. In front, Beauvillier shoots, score! And now it's 10-0. Anthony Beauvillier, his second goal of this third period, second of the season. And now the Sharks are in rarefied air in a negative light. At 11.58 of the third period, Anthony Beauvillier makes it the Canucks 10, the Sharks nothing. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate part of the business and the cycle, I think, uh, uh, you know, where, where the team and the organization is at right now. You know, if you look, uh, you know, throughout the span since they joined the league, uh, I would say that it's been a successful one. Uh, they're just, as of right now, maybe not in, in the most, most fun cycle, but I think that, you know, the people that came in and the people that, you know, are trying to shape this into what, uh, you know, ultimately it's going to be for a long time again uh, is, is, is good people. And, and they have, uh, you know, good intentions and, and a purposeful plan. So, uh, you know, like I said last year, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, clock is clock is ticking a little bit faster than, than I would have liked. Uh, so, you know, I think you just have to stay in it. And, and I mean, an easy example is, you know, you look at Colorado six, seven years ago where they were. Uh, there's no one who thought that, you know, they would be as dominant as they have been for, uh, you know, the last couple of years and, and looking like they will be for, for the foreseeable future. So. Um, you know, I'm sure if you ask those guys there, uh, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of answers that you're going to get from the guys here right now. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As we get ready for tonight's game against the Pens, the San Jose Sharks coming off a historically bad loss, losing 10-1 to Vancouver on Thursday night. And I am sure that everyone is ready to get that bad taste out of their mouth. Now, Magnus Krona has been recalled from the San Jose Barracuda, indicating that uh, one Kapo Kakinen is still out for tonight's game. He took that shot to the head when he gave up the uh, sixth goal to the game. Not that I'm putting that on him on any way, shape, or form, um, but obviously that is uh, what we all associate with the uh, reason he is not in tonight's game. Uh, I know a lot of people took umbrage with the fact that there was not more response from the Sharks. I think the specific angle was one that the guys didn't know that he had been shaken up the way he was. I know that Nico Sturm said as much after the game, but right now the Sharks have to not worry about what the perception was of that play. They have to not worry about what happened on Thursday night, and they've got to be able to take those steps forward and come back with a significantly better performance than what we saw against the team in Vancouver on Thursday night. I mean, there's just... There's no way they can go out there and think that they can allow that situation to replicate itself. Now, Pittsburgh, not as good as Vancouver has been playing as of late, but they still have top-level talent that can punish you, like Eric Carlson, who was the voice you heard just before I started talking. Um, he met with the media yesterday. I hope that Eric Carlson does get a round of applause from Sharks fans at the arena tonight. I know that he was a polarizing figure, uh, but I do know that 
When I look at the Sharks in the playoff run in 2019, uh, of course, he set up the uh, the pass, the play that led to the game-winning goal against Vegas. I know that he was the Sharks' leading point scorer during the playoffs that year. I know that in 1920, until the season came to an early end for him, he was the Sharks' leading point scorer. And really, the only season where I thought that Eric Carlson did not play to the level he was capable of was the year with the 56-game schedule. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, he was off that year. You can, you know, chalk it up to the pandemic. You can do whatever you want to respond to it. But I do know that in the 21-22 season, when he wasn't injured, he was playing very high-level hockey. And in 22-23, from a point total, he had the best season from a defenseman in 30 years. So, again, I know there are some people who incorrectly view it as the Sharks said goodbye to Pavelski and signed Eric Carlson. If you think that, you're wrong. I'm just going to put it out there. It was thought that Evander Kane was the replacement for Joe Pavelski. That was literally the word from the then general manager, Doug Wilson. It was thought that Pavelski was aging out, and they brought in Evander Kane. And in an effort to keep that window open, they also made the trade to bring in Eric Carlson. It didn't work out. The way that the Sharks aged, the way that everything caught up with them, the you know, extra seasons worth of hockey they had played in the postseason. It took its toll after time and the window closed and it cr- closed very quickly. They tried to keep it open maybe a little bit too long and that's why the Sharks find themselves in the situation they are in now. Uh, but again, if you're one of those people that thinks that Pavelski out Carlson in, that's not the way it went down. That's not what history showed. You're just plain wrong. And I know that I'm not usually that blunt about things, but it's one of those talking points that come up And I always feel the need to tell people like, no, that's your opinion. That's not at all how the situation went down. Now, if I am being honest, even though I had no problem with Evander Kane, Evander Kane still has uh, some troubles or had troubles at the time. And I think that Doug Wilson probably thought that when he brought in Evander Kane, that the Sharks culture, that the overall atmosphere was enough to turn Evander Kane away from some of those issues that had been dogging him throughout his entire career and would be enough to turn him into um, a shark for life, probably. And it didn't work out that way. And listen, Evander Kane's his own man. I don't have any problem with him. He was always great with me. I thought he was a great interview. Um, You know, he had troubles in his personal life. I don't hold those against him. Everybody's got their own things to deal with. Um, But with Evander Kane, you know, there were some situations that went on. So that's, that's just the way it went. And he ended up not being with the Sharks as well. So you see Kane gone. You see Pavelski gone. You see Carlson gone. You know, those were three moves that eventually led to the downfall of the Sharks. And I'm not putting blame on everyone. I think Doug Wilson deserves an incredible amount of credit for keeping the Sharks' window open as long as it was. But, you know, this is what you try to do. You try to get your team to be as good for as long as possible. I certainly loved every second of it. And now the Sharks are in a position where they've got to go through some very bad times and they've got to be able to build themselves back up. Now, that being said, the Sharks' schedule has been ridiculous in terms of who they have played or the timing of the way they have played these teams. Vancouver has been red hot. So Vancouver may not have been um, one of the early season favorites to be a contender like we saw with Colorado and Vegas and Boston, but Vancouver as of late has been one of the best teams in the NHL and they've got, you know, just players playing at peak levels going up against the Sharks team. Yeah, it didn't work out very well for the Sharks the other night. They've got to own that. I'm not trying to excuse or absolve the Sharks of anything. That was a rough loss the other night. The amount of texts I got during the game, the amount of um, attention that game got nationally 
from the hockey world, from the non-hockey world. I hate that the Sharks are being associated with this, but like you heard Eric Carlson say, you know, you talked about where the Avs were a uh, half decade ago to where they are now. Yeah, they had a strong come up. They turned themselves into a next-level team. It was good drafting. It was good free agency. It was good development. And now they are a team that I think that everyone looks at as being a perennial contender for quite some time. And that's what you have to hope is going on right now with Mike Greer. Now, I say hope because I have to say that for me, I hope that's what it turns into. I don't think hope is Mike Greer's strategy. I think Mike Greer has a very clear idea and a clear path of what he wants to do and how he's going to go about doing it. I'm sure that he never thought that 10-1 losses were going to be in there. He probably thought there were going to be some bad losses, no doubt. Um, I think the other night was just a it was a bad situation for everybody on board. The Sharks got steamrolled. Vancouver had been red hot. The Sharks weren't ready for it, and that's the way it goes. I'm not going to tell you anything different. That was the game as the way it went down, and I hope that tonight's results are a lot, lot better. I know that you know, the look of dejection from Tomas Hurdle saying that no one should sleep well after that game. No one deserved to sleep well, that it was, you know, the most embarrassing loss of his professional career. Nico Sturm, who has usually, after bad losses, and we go to the start of last year, he was the guy who had the the impactful words that allowed the Sharks to bounce back in game six of the year and get their first win. And that was not what I heard from Nico Sturm the other night. I, I heard confusion and overall just amazement that he had been on the end of a loss that was bad, bad like that. You know, that was not something I think that he ever expected to be a part of. I don't think any of us ever expected it to be that way. So right now, you know, the sharks have a lot of pressure on them to get that first win of the year. And I think the pens, while not a great team, they still have high level talent. So the sharks are going to have their work cut out for them. But once again, I do believe this is an opportunity for the sharks to get that first win of the year and to echo what David Quinn was saying after the loss the other night, it's going to happen. And so if it's going to happen, which we all assume that it is going to happen tonight is as good as any night for it to happen. Saturday night at the tank going to be probably sell out or pretty darn close. Let's hope the sharks can get that win. I did have a good conversation with Mackenzie Blackwood the other day. I wanted you to all hear that. And he is going to be in net tonight for the San Jose Sharks with, again, Capo and not being out due to injury. So here is the sit-down I had earlier this week with Mackenzie Blackwood. All right, we've got Mackenzie Blackwood joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Uh, my joke off the top, man, is you keep standing on your head, you're going to be as bald as I am. So <laughs> you're, you're playing well, though, to start your season. Um, I, I know the wins haven't been there, obviously, but can you still, still take solace in the fact that you've been putting together some good performances? Yeah, yeah, it's tough to uh, to lose, obviously, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you can be happy with uh, you know your game. Uh, obviously, there's levels that uh, you know you can still strive for. You still want to get better every day, and you know, come to practice and work hard. But uh, you know, I'm I'm happy with the way my game's trending, and uh, you know, it's it's been a good start for me. In the soccer world I work for the earthquakes here in town and my color commentator is a goalie and he always talks about the ball getting screened not being able to see the shot and getting in he says that's the worst feeling in the world and I feel like there's been a couple goals for you where clearly you had no chance to see the puck it gets by you on 
games where you're having just a great night. Is that the worst way to give up a goal when you don't even have a chance to get a stop at it? Yeah, it's it's obviously tough. If you can't see it, you can't you can't go make a save on it. You just hope it hits you, and if it doesn't, then basically it's a free goal. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean when you can't see the puck, you just try and play. Uh, you know to the middle of the net and take up as much as you can but you know it's half a goaltending is positioning so sometimes you can't see it it hits you sometimes you can't see it it goes in but yeah those suck when they they go past you and you can't see them yeah man i would imagine just the frustration because in those instances it doesn't matter if you've done everything right if you don't even have a chance to see where it's coming from um but obviously you've been able to make a number of big stops up to this point this year i know you talked about your off season now you're doing some yoga and some pilates and such i haven't seen you once look like you haven't been able to stretch to get something so you're clearly feeling good yeah yeah obviously uh, uh the stuff i've done in the summer i can tell it's paying off a little bit you know being a little bit more flexible a little bit more mobile but uh yeah i had a couple injuries over the last couple of years kind of restricted me a little bit but i'm feeling good now so um yeah i'm liking the way my body's feeling taking care of myself and hopefully i can keep her going yeah how have you adjusted to life here in uh, san jose i know it's uh, a little bit differently as opposed to where you were previously yeah it's nice out here weather great people are nice the, the place I'm living is awesome quiet little streets so yeah it's it's just been a good move for us so far we're, we're really enjoying it out here you grew up in like northern Ontario right yeah northwestern Ontario yeah and so like I imagine the winters there are a bit more brutal than what you're gonna be dealing with here in <laughs> California for sure for sure yeah it's close closer to Winnipeg I guess kind of like winters you know colder even right now on Halloween, it was a 50-50 whether it was going to snow when you go <laughs> trick-or-treating as a kid. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely more mild down here. So who were who the teams you followed growing up? Because I know it is, I mean, what, it's like 15-hour drive to, like, Toronto or Ottawa. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, no, I wasn't a fan of either of those okay. teams. I liked, uh, I liked the Avalanche growing really? up. Really? Yeah, yeah. How come? Just... My dad liked them. I kind of nice. got uh, sucked into that one. <laughs> yeah. Did you like Patrick Waugh? I mean, was <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I like Joe Sackick, Patrick Waugh. You know, that team was uh, pretty loaded back yeah, in the day. Yeah, they were fun to watch. Yeah. Fun to watch for sure. Um, how was your Halloween? Did you uh, get out and do anything, or did you just chill? Yeah, we, we uh, had a little team thing with uh, with the guys. So that was nice to get everyone together. And then on uh, Halloween night, you know, I, I gave out candy, but uh, we didn't get too many too many visitors at our door. <laughs> uh, Tommy Hurdle said he got like like just hundreds of kids. He said that it was nonstop there. So yeah. you got to ask him what he's doing to lure him there. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> fine with me that we didn't get too many. It was less up and downs. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I know I heard, I heard he's... Uh, he gets a whole horde of people coming to his house, like a couple hundreds, if not thousands. That's what he yeah, said, yeah. yeah. He says crazy. he gives out the full-size bars, though. So People must spread yeah. the word. They, eh? they let everybody know, like, go to that guy's house. Yeah. Um, how was it getting out on the road with everybody for the first time? Because I know that, obviously, you had quick road trips in the preseason. But for you and a lot of other guys who haven't been here, you guys are all getting to know each other still. Yeah, I mean it's good. It's good for uh, you know getting to know guys because you're you're on the road spending every day together. So I mean definitely good uh, at the start of the year to kind of build some uh, relationships and good team morale. Is, is a road off day for you, or are you like? I know Banker told me he likes to hang out by the pool. I know Burroughs was talking about golfing. How do you spend your days? 
all depends on how I'm feeling. I mean, uh, depend. Yeah, it's there's not one thing I'll do every time. I mean, some <laughs> days you need to rest and recover and just kind of take it easy. And other days, you know, you you, you feel uh, pretty good, so you can kind of go walking around, explore the city a little bit. So it all it all depends on how you're feeling. Is there certain restaurants or anything that you like to hit up when you go to certain cities, or you just try to do it new each time? Uh, I I mostly go where other guys are going. I like to try to things here and there but uh yeah usually someone will pick a pretty good spot and we'll all kind of follow along nice now obviously you're in california now have you become a fan of burritos or sushi or is there something else you've uh, become a fan of since you moved here uh you know i do we do a lot of cooking at home nice. so I, we, we do a lot of meals at our house but uh you know sometimes we go out um couple of good lunch spots I found and a couple, couple of good places that we've, you know, but most of the time it's, uh, we're, we're cooking suppers at home. Nice. No, I'm, I'm the same way very much. I like to hang out by the grill and make, try and get some flavor into my chicken breasts. Um, <laughs> so looking at this upcoming home stands now, and I know you can say, Ted, that's BS, but you guys had a tough schedule up to this point of the year. There's some really good teams. Now maybe you get teams that aren't the defending champion or the defending champion from two years ago or the team that just had the best regular season ever do you feel like the team is ready to take that next step yeah for sure I mean we did get uh, hit with a pretty tough schedule to start Uh, we were in some pretty close games I mean they could have went either way even on the road trip there with uh, with uh, Florida and Washington Mm -hmm. like there was chances for us to come away with you know a point or two in each of those games and you know, I think I think we're we're close to being able to take the next step. We just have to, you know, put it all together. And, and it's it's not like it's it's completely out of reach for us. It's it's closer than uh, than we think. So I think that uh, this is a good opportunity for us to try and uh, you know turn it around and, and get some momentum. I was talking with Mario about this. Like sometimes with teams, it feels like if you all go through the losing together, it allows you to grow out of that because everyone's experiencing it as a group. And I feel like sometimes that's what it takes for. A team. Teams. Like sometimes you got to go through that, uh, lack of a better term, baptism by fire to come out clean on the other side. Yeah, for sure. If you if you don't let it get you down and you stay positive and you keep working, it can definitely uh, make you a better team in the long run as long as you, you know, handle it the right way. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, watching practice here, you know, you guys were in a good mood, smiles out there. It doesn't seem like there's a, uh, there's no woe is me mentality on this group. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can tell when you come to the rink every day, it's not like everyone's, you know, pouting or, uh, you know, down in the dumps. Obviously, everyone's a little bit frustrated with the way our season's gone so far, but I think so far we're, we're keeping an upbeat attitude and just trying to stay stay positive and chip away. You excited to get back out there on home ice? Yeah, I actually do. I, I, I like it here a lot. You know, playing uh, playing the strengths actually seems uh, seems pretty good. You know, some rinks have a weird feeling to them. And uh, before I got traded here, I actually never played a game in this yeah. rink before. So uh, I actually do really enjoy uh, the atmosphere and, and, and uh, the setup of the rink. Nice. Well, I will let you go, man, and I'll work on a uh, better joke to start off the next interview. But appreciate your time, and I'll bug you again soon, all right? Yeah, thank you. Again, that was Sharks goalie Mackenzie Blackwood joining me on the Sharks Audio Network. Pittsburgh, the opponent tonight, 3-6 and six on the year. They're coming off of two losses. And the San Jose Sharks, of course, 0-9-1 on the year, still looking for that first win. But that wraps it up for this edition of The Buildup. Be sure to join us at 6.30 tonight, live pregame coverage all right, here on the Sharks Audio Network with Dan Rusinowski as we get ready for the Pens. And remember, game time, 7 o'clock right here on the Sharks Audio Network. As 
the Sharks search for their first win of the year. I don't know that the Sharks will win tonight, but I've got a pretty good feeling it will not be like what we saw on Thursday night. That team after that game seemed pretty ticked off. Hopefully that was the low point. Hopefully things will go and turn up from here. I will see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. It'll be playing at 7 o'clock right here on the Sharks Audio Network. Probably available before that, though, on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.